Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, you're listening to 5-Minute Folklore with me, Bob Shoy. The podcast has finally returned after a long break. Listen through to the end to hear my plans for the show going forward, but for now I want to get straight into the episode. So for the next few episodes I wanted to cover some folklores from the largest countries that I haven't covered yet. For this one I'm going to look at some Inuit stories from Greenland, which is actually part of Denmark. Later I'll be talking about the subject of many popular spooky tales told in Greenland, the Kivitok. But first, I'm going to start out the episode with Sedna, the goddess of the sea. There are many versions of the story of Sedna, and I'll go over some of the differences after the one that I'm going to tell. So here's this episode's five-minute folklore. Long ago, a young girl named Sedna, who was part of an Inuit tribe on the island now known as Greenland, was becoming frustrated with her father. Sedna, you must marry he told her. I've presented you with many fine men now, but you continue to refuse them. Can't you decide on one? But Sedna had been far from impressed by her father's suggestions. I don't like any of them. I'll find my own man to marry, she said. But I've already picked out the best men in the tribe for you, and there's no... He stopped (sighs) and sighed. She had already left without letting him finish. The next day, Sedna approached her father with a huge smile on her face. You'll be happy to hear that I found myself a husband, she told him. Despite not choosing one of the suitors he had chosen for her, he was relieved to hear that she would finally marry. This makes me very happy. When can I meet this man? Right now, she responded and gave out a whistle. Her father was flabbergasted when he saw the creature that scampered towards them. Sedna, you cannot marry a dog! He exclaimed. Why not? She asked. You must marry a man! He was becoming exasperated with his daughter's behaviour. Well, it's too late. We're already married. I would like to introduce you to my new husband, father. (laughs) Anger swelled up in him. He grabbed hold of her, dragged her to his boat, and threw her in it. What are you doing? She asked him, 
as he rowed them out to sea. He did not respond and rowed out further. Father, answer me. He stood up. You will not bring shame to this family anymore. And he pushed his daughter overboard. Sedna splashed in the water and managed to grab hold of the side of the boat. Help! She pleaded, and she attempted to cling on and climb. Her father reached down and presented a knife, which he used to cut off her fingers. Then, he watched his daughter sink down into the ocean. Under the water, something was happening. The fingers that had been cut off were now one by one transforming. The first became a seal, the next a walrus, the third a whale, and so on until the ocean was populated by a host of new creatures. These creatures found Sedna and gathered around her. She still lived. She became a goddess of the sea. When the tribes on the land above committed misdeeds, it would cause her hair to go wild. It would become dirty and tangled, ensnaring seals and other creatures. This would enrage her. She would also think of the way she was treated by her own father. She would conjure up storms and violent waves as punishment. Placate her, the Inuit tribes would send a shaman down to her, who would comb her long, black, tangled hair, releasing the animals trapped amongst it, which the tribes were then able to hunt once more. The shaman would talk to her each time and find out what had caused her anger. He would then return to the tribes and communicate the taboos which had been broken so that they all knew what had upset the goddess. She is still visited by shaman to this day, as she has been for millennia. I hope you enjoyed that story. I'm now going to talk a little bit more on Sedna and the various ways that her story is told. The story of Sedna is known all over Greenland, as well as some parts of Canada and Alaska. And she's also known by many other names. I'm going to try my best with some of these pronunciations, but please don't hold them against me. So some Inuit groups call her Anapkapfuluk, or Takanakapsuluk, or Takanaluk. In the Northern Territories of Canada, she is sometimes Nuliayuk, in northern Greenland, Nerevik, and in West Greenland, Sasuma Anna, meaning Mother of the Deep. In other parts of Greenland, she is also sometimes known as Anna Quagsak. As I said before, there are many different versions of the story of Sedna. 
Aside from the one I told at the beginning of the episode, there are four other commonly told versions, which I'll briefly go over now, but there are many, many more beyond these. There are a number of common elements within them though. So in one, Sedna is a giant and the daughter of Anguta, the creator god. She is an aggressive character who one day attacks her own parents. In response, they throw her in the sea and cut off her fingers when she tries to climb back out, which turn into sea creatures, the same as in the version I told before. Another is very similar to the one I told, apart from that she is a mistreated orphan in it. The tribe is often cruel to her and one day they throw her into the sea, where the story continues as it does in the others. The next one starts the same as mine, with her father presenting marriage options to her, which she continually rejects, until one day an unknown hunter enters their village. Her father talks to him and agrees to trade his daughter for some fish for the tribe. He concocts a sleeping potion which he gives to her and the warrior carries her away to a large nest upon a cliff where he morphs into his true form, a bird spirit. Sedna awakes in the nest surrounded by birds. Regretting his decision, her father attempts to rescue her. He gets her onto his boat and as they escape, the bird spirit causes storms to stop them. In a desperate act, her father throws her overboard where her hands freeze and fall off and she grows a tail, becoming the goddess of the sea. A final, similar version has her kidnapped by a bird creature and imprisoned on an ice island. Her father rescues her on his kayak, and as they row home, the sea, in aid of the birds, creates waves in an attempt to kill them. In fear, to appease the angry god, her father throws her overboard, but as she tries to climb back aboard, he grabs an axe, swings it once, cutting off three of her fingers and twice striking the top of her head, causing her to sink into the depths where she becomes a goddess and the dismembered fingers become seals. So, like I said, there are many more versions beyond those, but you can see the common elements among them. All feature the removal of Sedna's fingers and her transformation into the goddess or mother of the sea. In some, it says that her fingers become smaller creatures like seals and fish and the remains of her hand become the larger ones like polar bears or whales. As it did in mine, many feature a shaman as a prominent character who will communicate with Sedna, relaying her anger to the tribes. Shaman are powerful figures in Inuit society and they are thought to be able to interpret the will of higher powers. I'm now going to talk about another Inuit myth. Kivitok. The name means mountain walks, and it is the fate of those who wander into the mountains alone, either shunned and exiled by their society, or by choice through shame, anger, or jealousy. Separated from their community, the isolation and the mystical nature of the mountainous Greenlandic wilds takes an effect on the subject. Succumbing to the harsh climate, they are turned to spirits, and are often evil and filled with anger. I'm now going to read an account of a potential Kivatok encounter, which was relayed by Frederick Berthelsen to Lynn Reed in July 2013, and this is read with their permission from polartrek.com. 
There are many myths and beliefs in Greenlandic culture. One very well heard is something called kivitok. When a man feels a great sorrow or loss in his life, and there is nothing more to lose, he flees to the mountains and leaves everything else. He spends the rest of his life in the heart of Greenland nature alone. Isolated from any outside contact or even human interaction, the loneliness sets its toll. There are stories of hunters and fishermen seeing a kivatok in the wild. I will now tell one of many stories about kivatok. Two friends, Kali and Yuku, decided one day to travel inland to hunt deer. So they packed their equipment to get ready for travel the next day. The very next morning, they got on the boat and started sailing away from the city to Greenlandic nature. They planned to set up camp near water for the first day and start hiking to the heart of the land the next morning. The next day, Carly said to Yuku, We should leave some of our equipment. That way we can carry more deer meat if we get it. Careless Yuku agreed. After several hours of hunting, they got back to find that their equipment was gone. Confused, they assumed it was thieves and vandals that had taken them. Yuku screamed with rage and anger. This isn't funny. Whoever's out there will find you. Far away, a little faint noise started to appear. They could not work out what it was. It wasn't deer. It was too deep for that, they thought. Far away, a little person appeared. He had deerskin as clothes and long black hair. Carly started to panic and ran away, while Yuku was stunned and unable to move. The person started to run towards him, faster than a deer, and then began to roar louder than a polar bear. They reached Yuku and leaned close to his face and said, Far away, Carly screamed. Yuku, run! Try to run! Yuku started to run, and the person disappeared. So thanks again to both Frederick, Berthelsen and Lynn Reed. Spooky Kivatok stories are still popular today in Greenland, and there's maybe some truth to them. Those banished from society into the mountains due to committing a crime would not last long, and so that sentence may as well be death. As they become desperate for survival, they are likely to be aggressive and hungry, and would definitely be a fearsome thing to come across in the harsh mountain wilds. If one does leave alone by choice, it is referred to as going Kivatok. In 1956, a film based on the stories was released titled Kivatok. It was the first Danish film to be nominated for an Oscar, and in it a young teacher named Ava arrives in Greenland to find her fiancé in the arms of another woman. Seeking refuge, she meets a man who is also carrying a broken heart in the scenic landscape. I haven't seen it myself, but the trailer is available to view on YouTube. Some say to bring certain items to protect yourself if you are venturing out, such as matches or a needle and thread, as these may be traded with Kivatok. Alongside Kivatok, whilst trekking in the Greenland mountains, there have also been many reports of the echoed ghost voices of dead American whalers.
We're coming to the end of the episode now. I received some really great messages during the long break and I want to thank everyone who contacted me. I'm now incredibly busy studying, working and making other podcasts, so I'm not sure how regular 5-Minute Folklore will be. But I aim to hopefully get an episode out every month going forward, but if you say subscribed, then when a new episode comes up, it will pop up in your feed. I also have a fairly new relaunched Patreon, which many people seem to be enjoying. You can support me on there for my time editing and working on the various podcasts I'm involved with. Support on there goes to keeping all of the free content I make a possibility. So alongside this, I also co-host the long-running podcast, Weird Tales and the Unexplainable, where me and two friends talk the strange and the unexplained in a very relaxed show, which is very different tone to this one. I also co-host a filmography podcast with my partner Rebecca called Known For, a filmography podcast. So to support all of that, you can go to patreon.com slash bobshoy. That's B-O-B-S-H-O-Y and donate as little as $1 a month, which also gives you access to the occasional poll, which can decide on upcoming content. If you donate $5 a month, there is also a plethora of bonus content, which many seem to be enjoying so far. Each month, there are four bonus podcasts. Uh, There's Weird Tales Revisited, where me and Rick, who does many voices on 5-Minute Folklore, revisit topics from Weird Tales and the Unexplainable. There's also Weird News, which looks at strange stories from the news, uh, and but is usually mostly off-topic uh, nonsense between me and my friends. Uh, there is Four and One More, which is an extension to Known For, where me and Rebecca choose our favourite films from a monthly topic. And finally, of most interest to listeners of this podcast, there's a bonus mini-episode of 5-Minute Folklore Monthly called 5-Minute Folklore Extra, or FMFX, Uh, There's two of those up already on Gargoyles and Kelpies. So once again, visit patreon.com slash bobshoy to see if you like the look of what's available there. And a huge thanks to those of you who already support me there. Aside from that, you can make donations at 5minutefolklore.com where you can also find links to the various social media accounts for 5 Minute Folklore, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, etc. Or search 5 Minute Folklore on those things where you should find the accounts or follow me personally on Twitter at, at Bob Shoy. That's at B-O-B-S-H-O-Y. Finally, you can contact me directly at 5minutefolklore at gmail.com. Apologies for the long outro on this one, but there's a lot of new stuff to get through. A quick thanks to Rick Dove and Rebecca Chapman, as usual, for providing voices and support. You've heard a lot of traditional Inuit music and war chants and throat singing on this one. So something different to play us out. This is the Greenland Whale Fisheries, which is an old whaling song this version by Paul Clayton. Until next time, thanks for listening. It was in 1841, and of June the 13th day, that our gallant ship, her anchor weighed, and to Greenland bore away, brave boys, to Greenland bore away. Now the lookout in the cross tree stood with his spyglass in his hand. There's a whale, there's a whale, there's a whale fish, he cried. She blows on every strand, brave boys, she blows on every strand. Now the captain stood on the quarterdeck, and a fine little man was he. Overhaul, overhaul, let your David tackles fall till you land your boats in the sea, brave boys, till you land your boats in the sea. Now the boats were launched, the men aboard, and the whale was in full view. Resolve it was, each seaman bold, to steer where the whalefish blew, brave boys, to steer where the whalefish blew. Oh, we struck that whale and the line played out, but she gave a flourish with her tail. And the boat capsized and four men were drowned. We never caught that whale, brave boys, we never caught that whale. 
to lose the men, the captain cried. It grieves my heart full sore. But all oh, to lose a hundred barrel whale, it grieves me ten times more, brave boys. It grieves me ten times more. Now the wintry star doth now appear. So boys, we'll anchor away. It's time to leave this cold country and homeward bear away, brave boys. Homeward bear away. Oh, Greenland is a dreadful place, a land that's never green, where there's ice and snow and the whale fishes blow and the daylight's seldom seen, brave boys. The daylight's seldom seen. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.